Mom, you want me to sit down somewhere? Mom, If you know your party's extension, please dial it now. Houston, we have a problem. Sick of all this complaining all the time. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Wipe away those pollen-induced tears because the sun is finally out in New England. We have approached summer, and that means back to the office for some. The June deadline is finally here. But before we get into that, Liz, what were your pump and flat moments of the week? So this week, uh, my pump moment was my daughter Avery, who's in third grade. She came to me and she said, I want to sign up for the third grade talent show. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. Like, definitely. And so they're doing it, on, you know, because of COVID and what have you. It's the principal is going to take videos of the kids or parents can take videos of the kids and send them to the principal and she'll put it all together. So it'll be more of a video talent show than them doing it in person, unfortunately. But at least they're still doing it. So I said, all right. I said, what are you going to do? And she said, well, Ellie and I want to do a comedy routine. And I was even <laughs> more excited because I thought she was going to be like, I'm going to do one of Charlie D'Amelio's TikTok dances. And I was going to be like, I don't think so. Um, so I was so excited. And so I, I said, well, do you want any help with it? And she was quickly dismissed because I have boomer humor. She said so, that? Yeah. How did she know that? From her older brother or the stupid YouTube videos she watches, it, you know, I'm become a, a cringy embarrassment to okay. all of my children. So I, my boomer humor was dismissed. And so I said, well, what are you guys going to do? And she actually does this really funny skit pretending she's a Karen. And she calls up a Starbucks and she complains that the hot chocolate she bought an hour ago is cold. And she asks to speak to the manager. And then Brady pretends he's the manager. And I was like, are you guys going to do your like a Karen skit? Which that's probably not age appropriate for third grade. But anyway yeah it makes me laugh and she's like no ellie doesn't know what a karen is and i was like that's because her parents are really nice people and you're being raised by garbage um so anyway so she goes over to ellie's to do their comedy routine and when i went to pick her up ellie's mom my friend caitlin had the video and she's like i don't know what they did they wouldn't let me in there they videotaped the whole thing themselves and it was hysterical Lindsay there was like characters there were voices there was some physical comedy but at the end of the day there wasn't really like a through line that told a story but it was hysterical and they were laughing through the whole thing they were hysterical watching it and I was like look at you girls you you shot it yourself you wrote it you did some improv <laughs> So we were really proud of them, and it was really, hey, really maybe Avery's yeah. gonna be a stand-up comedian. I, you never know. I mean, certainly her childhood is damaging enough. <laughs> she'll she'll get some humor out of it for sure. Lots of material so, there. Exactly, exactly. So that was my pump moment. Um, my flat moment wasn't really a flat moment per se, as it was like a bittersweet moment for me. And I know I told you my colleague and former boss, Stephen, retired this past week and he was my boss for 10 years and he's been like, we've been teammates for the past couple of years, but I've been working with him for like 16 years, you know, like uh, he was my boss before I became, a, um, when I became a mom and he, you know, gave me the opportunity to have the level of flexibility I needed to be a mom and work at the same time. You know, he knew I was going through IVF. And when I came to him and I said, I don't want to travel anymore. I can't handle all of this. He said, okay, no problem. Like you have to put yourself and your family first and all of that. And so he's always been, you know, whether he was my boss or just a colleague, like a mentor, like someone who was just always there. He's like given me great advice throughout my career. And so after 31 years, he retired um, the other day. So I'm so happy for him and his wife's retiring from her nursing job later this year. And the, they've got three grandkids 
grandkids. And so I'm happy that he's retiring at a point where he's going to be able to enjoy his life and his grandkids and all that. But like selfishly for me, I was like, I'm just so used to having him him and knowing that if like I ever got stuck and needed advice about something, you know, he would be the first person I would think of to say, hey, I'm trying to navigate this situation or, you know, what advice would you have? So again, not a flat moment, but more of a bittersweet moment for me because, you know, I won't have him there anymore, but certainly like so happy that he's like moving on to that chapter of his life that I hope we get to do one day. Yeah. (laughs) Sooner than later. Exactly. Exactly. So Uh how about you, Linz? So I think I've said this before, but Brian built this tree fort Mm -hmm. in the backyard and it is this thing that I thought, okay, well, that'll be his thing. Mm -hmm. And the boxes that I had talked about in the previous episode that were his were two lounge chairs that he put up there. And the other day, last weekend, he said, let's go up there and have our morning coffee up Mm -hmm. there. So we did. And oh my God, I felt like I was transported to another world. And you did not feel like you were in the backyard. Mm -hmm. You did not feel like you were home. It felt like we were on vacation. Oh, my God. We just have a beautiful view back there. So that's awesome. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But you're also, like, at a higher up view. All you hear is, like, birds and river. And Mm -hmm. we had our coffee and the lounge chairs. It was so nice that I was like, oh my gosh, why have I not come up here before? Mm -hmm. He's like, I know. And the lounge chairs have two drink holders, not just one. So you could have like your water Mm -hmm. and your cocktail and a book holder. So that is- I really thought this through. He did. (laughs) So this is going to be my new place of rest and relaxation. Serenity. Yes. is very lovely. Mm -hmm. It's just a little- tricky to get up there. Right. Can't wear your heels to get up that ladder? You cannot. (laughs) You cannot multitask or wear heels when you go up there. My flat is about really staying in touch with your good friends because life is way too short and you never know what people are going through. You know, just if you lose touch with your good friends because you're so busy, Mm -hmm. which happens to all of us, just reach out. A little text, a little phone Mm -hmm. call, you you really just don't know. There's just a lot that can happen in a very short amount of time. Mm-hmm. And then you realize, wow, my sucky work week has nothing on that. Exactly. So, and I think like just because of obviously COVID and we've just been isolated very naturally, it's been like subconsciously we we just retreat within ourselves and focus on our own day to day because we're not necessarily out and about and socializing and organically hearing what's going on in people's lives. Like it takes a level of of effort, like you said. Like, so if you haven't talked to like a really good friend in a month, like a text, you know, just say like, what's been going on? Been thinking about you. Hope everything's okay. And you know, like, because you just, you just don't know what people are, or what's going on in their lives. You're exactly right. And I think that's, that's the key of what you said, which was the COVID thing, because we mm-hmm. have been so isolated. So we're only in our little bubble, yeah. littler bubbles when before we had a much bigger bubble. And so you were better connected mm-hmm. with those people. So we are talking about another COVID related mm-hmm. piece, and that is going back to work. 
You would think that firms learn a thing or two after more than a year of having efficient and effective work out of their employees. If anything, they got more out of their workers because their talent was consistently tied to their computers. There was literally no breaks. But now a surprising number of firms are asking for their people to come back to work. And the resounding answer from most people is a Hard pass. (laughs) Yes, people miss the camaraderie that is built from the culture being in the office that the office gives you, but it's a distant perk to not commuting, being able to put the laundry in and get some of your weekend chores started, and being home with your kids who need you for the online learning that is still going on. I found this website that is a leadership consultancy business, and on their blog, they said, the greatest minds in business have never quite had to deal with it. What happens if a large chunk of loyal, hardworking staff members or even your entire workforce simply refuses to return to the offices? Indeed, gripped by fear of a deadly pandemic and now fully comfortable working at home for months, employees at all ranks are openly questioning a host of companies, little publicized plans to reopen offices, plans that CEOs and other leaders see as a critical step for returning to normal operations. Experts worry that corporate leaders don't recognize the extent all this may reach, and already in recent weeks, they've had to unravel some plans hoping to avoid more friction from workers. For Jacob Vigdor, a public affairs professor at the University of Washington and researcher at the National Bureau of Economic Research, it's all very complicated Mm -hmm. and unnerving. There's not a single action that you can take that will satisfy everybody. And no company wants to be the first to To say, here's our model, because what if it doesn't work? Exactly. And they've set this precedent or whatever. So yeah, no one wants to be the first to to model like this hybrid scenario. Exactly. So what do people think is going to happen? There are some speculating since COVID is hopefully on its way out, as more and more people are fully vaccinated, that there is a boom in hiring where there once was a hold. And companies that thought they had a hold on you and kept telling you that the market isn't good for finding jobs like mine was, aren't exactly being completely truthful. This is leading talent to be a little pickier and therefore the onslaught of what people are calling the great resignation is possibly here. Bloomberg reports from Anthony Klotz, an associate professor of management at Texas A&M, who studied the exits of hundreds of workers. When there's uncertainty, people tend to stay put. So there are pent up resignations that didn't happen over the past year. <laughs> yes. Yeah. People gonna be are like, pissed off. Yep. They're burnt out. Mm-hmm. They're overworked. They're sick of HR telling them that there's no jobs. Yep. So and not- they felt like their company hasn't been proactive in caring about them or asking for their opinion. That's just going to build up the resentment. It's like, all right, I'm home now. I don't get any FaceTime. There's, I'm not interacting in person with anybody. I'm just sitting here and my company doesn't care about me. They don't want my opinion. They don't care that I'm getting burnt out. So it's like, F them. I, I can go find a job somewhere else. Exactly. The numbers are multiplied, he says, by the many pandemic-related epiphanies about family time, remote work, commuting, passion projects, life and death, mm-hmm. and what it all means can make people turn their back 
on the nine to five office grind. We asked Klotz what to expect as the great resignation picked up speed. So there's a lot of uncertainty right now. Talent does seem to have the upper hand, Mm -hmm. which happened when a few of us left at the same time, the people who were left got what they wanted when there was the mass exodus that we had. Two, employers aren't sure what's going to happen. So most are trying to remain flexible, like you said. Yeah. Like, no one wants to be the first to do whole hog, we're all going back, or we're all doing hybrid, Mm -hmm. or... Everyone can stay home. And number three, some are, but some are still putting a deadline or timestamp on returning to the office full time, but possibly after the summer when most people would be out for vacations anyways. There is actually a thought as to go back and try it. See how you like it. You may like the routine of being back. In addition, work with your employer and ask for the flexibility. But there's also a thought that the push for diversity and inclusion The thoughts of different-minded people make the culture and lead to greater ideas. And if you aren't sharing those Mm -hmm. in person, you won't lead to the bigger breakthrough ideas. Especially in our industry, Liz, where everything is about pitching in person to the client and handshakes and late nights Mm -hmm. and client dinners. Those have all been immediately halted because of COVID. We still figured out, though, how to get the job done and done well. But advertising and marketing world is looking again at how to balance that because there is a belief that the best creativity is in incubation right and working together operation yeah yeah the leaders in the industry salesforce spotify twitter and others have adopted new policies that will allow people to permanently work from home Mm -hmm. and or do the hybrid model this is completely flexible and i believe will lead to them gaining possibly better talent from all over and better talent that are just over being in the office now that they have tasted some freedom. And I say this so loosely because we all know it's not freedom. Right. And you are working harder, but the freedom to not commute and to go run a quick errand if you need to. In a recent article from AdAge, they say that DDB is taking a different look at building teams that aren't beholden to a location and they've rejiggered human resource teams to be regional. So a lot of places do consider Zoom and Teams to be Mm -hmm. the new office space. In addition, they go on to talk about how this benefits the women who have left in droves since COVID started. They mostly blame women leaving in droves to finding childcare or the impact of virtual schooling and balance that with the careers. But I'm going to call bullshit Mm -hmm. on this. Some this may be true for, but I doubt most. Those of us lucky enough to have supportive partners bear the responsibility of parenting most of the time equally with us, or at least they should. And if men left the workplace in droves, there is not a news outlet out there that would dare say it was due to them being unable to balance their career and kids. Yep. I am so sick of that Mm -hmm. news story. So why are women being put in this position? I say they are leaving in droves because they are sick of working just as hard or harder than some of the men and not getting the credit, the promotion, or the pay. The ones who who left in mass are not being called out for leaving their jobs because the balancing of careers, the children, and the home still lands squarely on the female. Mm -hmm. God forbid. Are we back in 1950? Yes. And while there is no easy way to answer the question on what is right or wrong, I've also heard that people that go back will have more FaceTime with the bosses, Mm -hmm. and that will prove 
like an inequity to the people who decide right. to stay home. So bosses and leaders and HR have a very tricky situation on their hands coming up and it will be one to watch for sure. Yes, absolutely. And I think if the past, I mean, what has it been now? 14, going on 15 months now we've yeah. been doing this. This isn't a blip in the radar. This isn't like, okay, it was two weeks. It was a month. Like, let's just get back to normal. Like this has changed the way companies need to operate how they need to make sure that they maintain their culture and reach out to their employees. And it's changed the way people think about what what are their priorities as it relates to work and family. And I think, you know, people's comfort levels in returning to an on-site work environment, they exist in like a logistical category and an emotional category. So according to a survey conducted by the Limeade Institute, which is a company that is focused on um, optimizing the employee experience within larger organizations, they said 100% of employees surveyed expressed some level of anxiety about returning to an on-site workplace. So kind of on the emotional end of things, the the pros of staying at home was that, you know, people are still afraid of COVID. There's still that like underlying anxiety around, you know, being exposed to to coronavirus. And so according to that survey, 77% were concerned about the exposure to COVID and 71% were concerned about losing the flexibility that they've become accustomed to and frankly, realize that they probably need in order to make their lives work. The cons of staying at home is losing that connection with your colleagues and that kind of rapport and, you know, relationship building and having also having the physical separation between work and home, I think to a certain extent is so really important because as we've discussed before, it does impact like your mental health, like having everything be in one space. From a logistical perspective, according to the survey, 68% of respondents were concerned about their commute. And that's, I mean, that's huge for me too, because that was like, I was commuting three hours a day into Boston. Yeah. And like, if I never had to do that again, that would be fabulous. Like I have so much more time in my day now. But people's homes are not, not necessarily conducive to also double as their offices, whether it's, you know, in my office is what our formal dining room was supposed to be. So it's open on two sides. That's, it works, but it's not fantastic. You know, furniture, do you have a crappy chair? Technology, does your Wi-Fi suck? Like, or there's just other people or animals or whatever around yeah. all the time. Um, And some work, quite frankly, can get done more quickly in person. Like, you know, sending an IM versus popping over into someone else's office. Yes, you know? exactly. So there is an efficiency play there too. And if you're younger and living in the city, you're sharing an apartment with two other people, like you want to get out and be back in an office. That's really not what you signed up for. But at the end of the day, I think most people would prefer a balance of, of both. So you can kind of try to have the best of both worlds if such a thing even exists. According to staffing firm Robert Half, which is a competitor of my husband's, um, <laughs> 34% of professionals currently working from home would look for a new job if their employer said they had to come back to work full time. So, and I think I told you this story. So Danny, my husband, his former candidate, so he runs a staffing firm. So I'm sleeping with an industry expert, Lindsay. <laughs> there you go. Good job. Um, yes, thank you. Um, so he had a candidate call him a few weeks ago or a month ago who works for Goldman Sachs and they have, as I think most people know, said everybody has to come back to work full time. That's our culture. This is Goldman. Whatever. That's what we're going to do. Yeah. And so she said, I don't want to go back full time. I'll I'll do hybrid, but I don't want to go back full time. And by the way, I've got someone else, one of my colleagues who's even more senior than she is that feels the same way. I'm going to refer you to her. So within a few weeks, he got this girl another job at a pharmaceutical company in Manhattan. 
So according to him, he said 85 to 90% of candidates want a hybrid type of situation. And so don't the majority of his clients, you know, HR professionals and hiring managers. And he has said he's had, he's actually had a harder time recruiting candidates the past few months than he did smack dab in the middle of the pandemic. Because for candidates who know that they can work hybrid moving forward, like if they have gotten that answer from their employer, like, okay, you only have to come in two or three days a week, like they don't necessarily want to risk going to a new environment where they're not proven yet that maybe they won't have that level of flexibility. So it is definitely a job seekers market out there. And he said flexibility is the number one issue for candidates above salary. Yes, it is. Number one. Yep. So I think one of the things that the pandemic has exposed is a major flaw in the way we used to work. And that was not having flexibility. And I know I've talked on the podcast before about how fortunate I've been that my job has always allowed me flexibility since I had my oldest kid. So for 13 years, I've had some level of flexibility, whether it's working from home a day or two days or leaving at four. So I don't have to worry about the commute. But we know a lot of people where that has not been the case. And they've had to use vacation time to take kids to the doctor or attend parent teacher conferences. And the husband of one of our very good friends manages a team of people. And I think he wants, if I remember correctly, he once asked permission for each person on his team to be able to work one day from home once a month. And he was denied one day once a month. And now they've all been working from home for over a year. Well, that's the thing. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, when we talked to our good friend Karen, who Mm -hmm. used to work at a financial institution, that was like forbidden. Yes. And then after she left. Yes. Mm -hmm. And after she left, when COVID happened, they all had to. And so it's like it became a must yes, situation. Exactly. And then it made these institutions and corporate institutions relook at the situation. Mm-hmm. And when people were being efficient and effective, yep. you can't say that work will not be getting done yes. and or all of the excuses you had when you denied mm-hmm. them the first time. Yeah. You can't argue with productivity. Oh. So, and now the expectation has shifted to people expecting to have flexibility around where, when, and how they work. So this new normal has shifted the focus to work done, that tangible productivity versus time spent at work. So no more sitting at your desk scrolling through social media at six o'clock because you want to make sure your boss walks by and you get that oh so valuable FaceTime and you look like you're, you know, more committed because you're sitting there after everybody else leaves. It's just a joke. So like, like you said, even those Silicon Valley companies have shifted to a work from home model, which is a total change in culture for them. I mean, they set their campuses up with, you know, hair salons and dry cleaners and food to take home. So like they're designed to keep you there working all of the time. So for them to say, hey, if you want to stay home forever, that's a a pretty crazy cultural shift for that industry. And I've had the benefit of not really needing to shift how I work, which I think I'm more fortunate than most people because I spend most of my days on conference calls anyway, even when I was physically in the office. I work mostly with people in Kansas City, Denver, and India. So it's really not a big deal if I'm talking on the phone in Boston or I'm talking on the phone in my home office. And I already had a home office set up prior to the pandemic. So it was, it's been fairly seamless for me. But if working from home has been like a dramatic shift for, for people, I could see why you're might be anxious to return to a more normal environment like salespeople who are used to going in and meeting with people in person. Or, you know, if you're an executive or a senior leader where you're used to going out and traveling and meeting with clients or attending industry events, this is probably not your ideal 
situation. But if working from home either full-time or in a hybrid type of situation becomes the new normal, employees and employers are going to have to shift their thinking in a few key areas. And the first is career advancement. So is working remotely going to be a hindrance to you getting promoted within your organization. And, you know, again, like those positions like sales or whatnot that have, you know, quotas, that's tangible. You either meet it or you don't, right? But if you, for other types of positions that have a less tangible definition of value, it could be more difficult to highlight your impact on your organization. Even though we said in our work from home burnout episode that on average, people are working 15 more hours per week if employers aren't seeing that value or productivity is it really even happening you know does it matter yeah that's, so that's, that's the scary tough. part that's really that's the tough mm-hmm. part because i was talking to a few friends at some companies and that was the big thing is like the facetime with the boss yeah they're like am i gonna get punished if mm-hmm. i choose the work from home permanently right. and not the hybrid solution because it works better for me mm-hmm. because I'm not going to get the FaceTime with the boss. Exactly. And the onus is really on both the employee and the and their manager to make that situation work. Like the, you know, the employee has to make sure that they're, they, they proactively prove their value. Right. Um, for, for me, I, again, I'm lucky. It's easy. I, I create campaigns that are designed to drive revenue into one of our products. So, and they have deadlines. So am I making my deadlines? Am I launching my campaigns? Are they driving revenue? These are very tangible things I can point to whether I'm successful or a failure. But if you, I don't know, work in accounting or something, I don't know, if you have something that's like a, not quite as easy to prove that tangible value, you have to figure out how you do that and how you continue to get that face time with your boss and with the beginning of the pandemic, I I always had bi-weekly one-on-ones with my boss. And then I was just getting really busy and I felt like because I wasn't in the office with her, I said, could we have our, could we have one-on-ones every week now? And she said, absolutely. So like just things like that. So you're, so you're staying in front of your, your manager. They know what you're doing. You're getting feedback, all of that. And then it's on the responsibilities also on your manager to make sure that they're managing you the same way they would as someone else physically. Yes. In the office. And that's a shift. Like, that's a conscious shift because subconsciously it's very easy to dismiss someone, you know? Right. But I think that the going to the weeklies instead of the bi-weeklies, mm-hmm. I did that with all my direct mm-hmm. reports as well because it's, it is something that works way better when yep. you're not in person. Yes. Because in person you see these people all the time and you might have small conversations yes. like every day that you know, mm-hmm. ladder up to knowing what they're doing all the time. Exactly. Instead of, oh, I'm not seeing them. It's once every other week. Yes. And that's just not, it's not, it's not enough. No, it's not conducive to knowing what Liz Daly is yeah, doing. Or if her. like I'm stuck in an area or like, yeah, just little things like that. And then it's an opportunity for her to share with me, you know, feedback or, or What's other going projects on that's go- the, that are yeah. going on. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and mentoring op- opportunities have dwindled during the pandemic. So if you opt to stay home permanently, do you lose out on that opportunity when people return to the office? So again, that has to be a shift in the way an organization is going to support a work from home population, making sure everybody still has those those same opportunities, you know, for will promotions or higher higher profile projects go to people who are in person, like again, you know, out of sight, out of mind, like, so it's something that I think, again, both employees and employers have to take into consideration. I came across this article in Fast Company that some companies are setting up what is called a quote unquote career hub, which are portals where employees can find mentors, training opportunities, open positions within their organization, all based on their interests and potential. So that type of thing could level the playing field for employees, whether they work remotely or full-time. It's access to the same 
opportunities. So, you know, companies are going to have to rely more heavily on technology, whether it's to manage productivity, right? Make sure that everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing or maintain a more cohesive and connected workplace. Since the beginning of the pandemic, our CMO has held department-wide meetings over Teams every two weeks. We used to just have them once a month, but since the pandemic, we do it every two weeks. And everyone from all of our locations dials in and he has speakers from different parts of the organization come or different people in marketing will present a project or campaign that they've worked on. So we all kind of know what's been going on in different parts of the organization. And then once a month, there's recognition of at least one colleague within marketing who's gone above and beyond in their role. So it's definitely helped us all stay very much connected with each other and know what's going on. Like I've never felt like I don't really know like what else is, is happening here or there's I, there's organizational changes, but nobody's talking about them. Like it's no, that's done a great. Really, really good job. Another thing I wondered about was would working remotely have a negative impact on diversity and inclusion, whether it's from the candidate's perspective or the organization's perspective. I came across kind of two two different opinions. There was an article on LinkedIn that made the argument that remote work might actually help companies become more diverse and inclusive. So they cited the removal of location bias. So Mm -hmm. if the local talent pool you're recruiting from isn't terribly diverse, you know, you're only looking in this certain radius around your organization, then none of your potential candidates are going to be diverse. You know, they cited like the San Francisco, Silicon Valley area. That's not terribly diverse. Diverse. Yes. Mm -hmm. And underrepresented candidates will likely want to live and work in a community where they feel a part of. So, you know, if they don't have to physically come into an office, you know, every day or whatever, you can reach beyond Mm -hmm. that like little radius around your corporate headquarters and find more diverse candidates in other areas. And no commute and greater access to support can make more opportunities accessible for people that have disabilities. But conversely, another article in Fortune made a counter argument that if you're already a member of a group that's underrepresented or marginalized, it's already difficult to be visible. So I don't know, it's kind of a double edged sword. I think. Yeah. And it's, I think it's hard because when you get onboarded for those Uh kind of things, like we onboarded a few candidates during COVID. They did, they said they felt included, but it was really hard to tell because Uh I, I know the difference of what it feels like being inside the office. Yeah. And I don't know what, how they felt because they didn't have that opportunity. Right. This is their only experience is right. being remote. Yeah. And so it's really, it's hard to tell because I, you, you'll never, you'll never know. You'll yes. never be in their shoes mm-hmm. and you'll never know because if that is going to be mostly their experience mm-hmm. of not being in the office. Yep. Ever, except maybe like, oh, we're all going to fly somewhere and be mm-hmm. at a conference or whatever. Yep. Then it, it's kind of hard to feel like, I mean, I I would feel not included if that was your experience all the time of starting a new workplace, being home all the time, and Mm -hmm. just knowing your colleagues from Zoom. Exactly. Yeah, because there's not that like, oh, like, do you want to go grab a coffee and like catch up on the weekend? Or like, hey, let's, we're gonna have a team lunch out somewhere and stuff like that. Yeah. So you're missing that social aspect that kind of helps you develop Mm -hmm. stronger relationships Relationships. because you're not just talking about work, Work. like you're learning about these people as people. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So yeah, I think that's tricky. And ultimately, you know, everyone's gonna have to decide what they're comfortable with emotionally and logistically. And hopefully, you know, 
you're working for an organization that values feedback and is committed to supporting you and shifting their processes and opportunities to accommodate this new normal. I know for me, again, like I can't imagine going back to a three hour commute, even if it was only three times a week. That's just too much. It's too much. Yeah. I would, however, be open to going back once a week just to have like a change of scenery. Mm -hmm. The hardest thing for me during this work from home situation, and I know we've talked about this, is not having that physical separation between work and home and having everything be in that same environment like Danny said to me we were finishing up dinner the other night and he, he goes why do you always like sequester yourself in the family room after dinner and watch a show on your iPad and like you don't want to be around anyone and I was like I have no escape from anyone ever like I'm on the phone five hours a day yeah. sometimes and then in between that I mean you know what it's like like dealing with the kids stuff like I feel like there's no separation no separation and you need your alone yes. time you need like time apart yes and I'm with you on that and yeah yeah I like to dive into my shows. Exactly. And pretend that no one else is around. And he's not like that. So I've tried to explain. I'm like, I've been like this since I was a kid. So was me too. And my sisters used to make fun of me. They're like, you're such a weirdo going off and reading your book in your room, you nerd. But like, I can't, like, I feel just depleted and exhausted if I don't have. You need to get into your own world. Yes. Yes. And I have been Mm -hmm. like this since I was a kid too. Mm -hmm. And I would go watch my TV shows or Mm -hmm. go to my room and read a book. And it was exactly the same. And Brian's not like that either he could he could care less about the tv he could mm-hmm. you know he might read a book but yeah it's just like we need that to recharge and yes. like i'm a happier person once i have that time that little recharging so i think it would be good for my mental health to have a little bit of separation but and thankfully i do work for a company that values my input on what long term is going to work best for me and my family and i'm still we're still waiting to hear because again no company wants to be the first to say this is going to be our model so like i we're still waiting to find out what our deal is going to be moving forward. But I do feel like, you know, they care enough about their employees and, and employees' families to, like, listen to, like, what is going to work for you. And again, yeah. we've been doing this for so long. I know. We clearly have proven we well, can make it work. I think it's funny because a lot of corporate offices keep moving the deadline mm-hmm. because they don't know what the answer oh, is. Oh, yeah. So where I used to work, they've moved it twice. Yep. One of my cousin's offices that's a big corporate place in New York, they've moved it to January now okay. of, of 2022. Mm-hmm. And But they've moved it several yeah, times same. too. And it's like, do you know what you're going to do? And she's like, no, I don't Mm -hmm. know. And I don't even know if that's the real date. And that's the other thing is like people can't plan either. If like their lease is up, do they resign or do they stay? Because with COVID, Mm -hmm. people have gone different places to go work. She went back to San Francisco with her family. So I'm like, are you going to resign your lease? Yeah. What are you going to do? I know. And if, you know thinking ahead to because the last we heard from my company was September but that was a while ago and if it is going to be September and I have to be back in the office let's say three days a week well that's going to affect my child care situation so it's like you know I don't need to know that today but I'm going to need to know at some point this summer you know because so you I have to accordingly. Yes. yeah so it's just stuff like that that is still up in the air but now I don't know people are getting vaccinated so I'm hopeful that we get some type of answer soon. Soon. But I don't know. It's not like companies can require you to get vaccinated. I don't even know if they can ask you if you've been vaccinated. I don't know what, I don't know what the The civil rights are. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, more to come listeners as usual with COVID more to come. So Lynn, did you get anything interesting in the mail this week? I'll show you with the box. What's in the box? 
What's in the box? Did I Ooh, did list? Do tell. So a couple of years ago, I asked for my birthday, which Brian thought was the weirdest thing ever. <laughs> this teeth whitening system from oh. Amazon called Snow, Lovely. and I loved it and used it all up. And then recently, have been looking in the mirror and going, "Okay, um, coffee and I know coffee and wine, wine, <laughs> same. Do nothing for the teeth. Mm-hmm. So I ran out of the." the stuff that you put on it. And so I got a, a new year's supply of the stuff and it is hilarious. It is this tea thing and it it's, I don't think it tastes weird or anything because mm-hmm. you know some of those things, they're yeah. gross or they taste weird, but it plugs into your phone. Oh my God, stop it. And it lights up and Brian and Brayden <laughs> laugh at me so hard and it literally plugs into your phone, the end of the jack. Mm-hmm. First of all, you paint your teeth with this little brush Mm -hmm. of each of these little wands. And then you put the mouth guard thing Mm -hmm. in and it's connected to your phone. And your whole mouth is like lights up. Lights up. How long do you have to keep it in for? 15 to 30 minutes. And you can do that daily. You Mm -hmm. can do it as long as you want. It works so well. That's awesome. I'll just check that out. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. I love it. Oh my God. And so I just got the new wands mm-hmm. the other day. So I haven't started it yet. I was going to do it this morning and then I was running late and it works and it works oh. really fast. Okay. But I love it. It's called just Snow? Snow. Okay. It's a very good system. Snow. I would try and do it in private right. because they made fun of me all the time. And I swear to God, every single time that thing was in my mouth, they would lock it. <laughs> And they're like, and you can't talk because right. the thing is big, and you, but your mouth is just lit up. And oh I was God. like, it's whatever. Fun, fun for the whole family. It is. And <laughs> yeah. it's like, well, I'm going to watch a show while I'm yes. doing it. And there you go. All right. I'm going to look into it. Yes. What did you get? So I got, you know, our one of our favorite cosmetics companies, Thrive Cosmetics. I love. Love their stuff. So I got what they call their triple threat color stick. So because we've been wearing, you know, masks and granted that's lightened up a little bit, which is great. But if you're like going out to dinner or whatever, and then you have to take your mask off and your makeup is like maybe not quite as polished as it was when you left the house. So this is, it's a, it's a stick and I got the pink color and you can use it on your lips, on your cheeks, and you could put it, use it on your eyes. The color I got it doesn't look very good on the eyes, but they have a whole range of colors. Um, and I just keep it in my purse. And so like, if I have to remove my mask and I need to do a little touch up on my makeup, I can just do it in a couple seconds. And it's really lovely. And for every listeners, if you've never heard of them, for every product purchase, they donate a percentage to a cause devoted to helping women thrive, like the National Breast Cancer Foundation and the Black Women's Health Imperative, just to name a couple. Um, But they have Great, I think, great products. They do. Um, it's not the, because I have, it's not the Not one. the eye, not the eye one. Okay, because I have a couple of those mm-hmm. that you can actually wear on your lips and the, um, because I have the one that, because they keep showing up on my Instagram. Yes, yes, yep. Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to say the Thrive Eye Lift. Oh, I was like, no. Ooh, did you try that one? No, I have not. That keeps haunting me and on Instagram, and I'm like, mm. well, I did. I did get there because I was ordering. Also ordering before I got this triple threat. The thing. mascara. No, I don't use their mascara because I like Mac mascara a yeah. lot, but I love their the lip, lip pencil. Yes. Um. So I was ordering another lip pencil, and so I don't know. I somehow got sucked into buying their like micro derp. Derm abrasion scrub, and I just keep it in the shower, and I use it three times a week, and I really like it. So, because it's not super harsh, because my skin's really sensitive. 
Oh. Yeah. I mean, I've not been disappointed by anything I've tried from them. I know. Me neither. I love all their stuff. Yes. Okay. Um, So, listeners, there is a whole beauty blog for you right there. (laughs) Very good. Very good. So, thank you, listeners, for tuning in. Um, If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Multitasking in Heels. Thanks, as always, for listening.